a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. And welcome to another episode of Story Connect, the podcast. This is Stephen Smith, your host. And my guest today is Jason Champion. He's a regional sales director with NeoNova, which is an NRTC company. Thanks for joining us today, Jason. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And uh, we are here uh, interviewing live at the KTA TNBA Fall Conference 2019 here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And a beautiful fall day here. And I believe, Jason, you have... Uh, wrapped up a uh, breakout session just a few moments ago on this topic. I did indeed. Yeah, just a few minutes ago. Finished up talking about diversifying revenue. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, uh, give us um, give us a little bit of background on uh, NeoNova sure. and its um, relationship within RTC, and then we'll dive into the diversification topic. Sure. NeoNova is about a 20-year-old company. Uh, but back in 2013, we were acquired by NRTC. Uh, which is the National Rural Telecommunications Cooperative. Um, and, you know, even though I wasn't part of Neonova then, I can tell you that it changed not just what we do, but why we do it. Um, so unlike a lot of, say, vendors in the marketplace, we are cooperative. So we think like a co-op, we operate like a co-op, we create services that matter to the end user or to the member. Um, and we start there and then back up, um, you know, in terms of how we provide that service. But we find gaps, niches in the marketplace, and we create services to address those, those gaps and those issues. And your topic today on diversification, uh, diversifying those services that they're taking to market, I understand that came from the very process that you're talking about, just listening to those customers. It, it did. Um, back earlier this year at what used to be called IP Vision, one of the big shows in Chicago, um, we uh, did there what we have done for a few years now, and we facilitate these roundtable discussions where we bring in uh, telcos from all over the country. And while we are present, we're only present in those conversations to facilitate the, the, the talk at the tables. So we, um, we do pre-market surveys where we find out what the hot topics are for our customers. Uh, and then we bring those topics to those roundtable discussions. We kind of throw the, the topic out and we just allow the customers to talk amongst themselves. And we take copious notes uh, and generate a lot of great data out of that. And then we provide uh, a white paper, we create a white paper and provide that white paper out to our customers and, and really the, the, the telco community at large. Uh, great. And one of those uh, topics that, that came from that event uh, you were sharing with me earlier was uh, the need for these uh, broadband providers to be looking at different services that they could diversify, uh, create some market resilience and really address, you know, some churn issues, increase some revenue. Talk to us about some of the best practices that uh, that were included in, in the sure. research that you did. Yeah, there were actually four. Uh, the first one that comes to mind for me, which is a real hot button, is managed Wi-Fi. You know, managed Wi-Fi is the idea being that, you know, tech support has traditionally been uh, making to make sure that the, the, the thing the customer's paying for, that internet connection is up and working. Let's say all the blinky lights are blinking the way they should. Uh, but beyond that, now the, the customer with the higher speed, say with fiber, uh, with gig service, for example, that just means there's more internet of things, uh, de con uh, connected devices to that uh, home network. And so the, the average end user doesn't know the difference between the word internet and the word Wi-Fi, it's the same thing. So the expectation for the end user, for the subscriber, is that if you are their internet company, you're also their iPad company, you're also their smart TV company, 
and I could go on and on, ring doorbells, you name it, if it's Internet of Things, they expect that the troubleshooting process to include all of those devices. So managed Wi-Fi is generally labeled as anything beyond the CPE, those devices in the home. We've come a long way from the days where there was a single computer sitting on a desk and that uh, in the home, and coming out of that modem was one cable that goes you into bet. that computer. And I think there's, there's quite a leap yet for the mindset of the consumer and when some one of those devices that you're talking about is having an issue, it's the provider's issue. Whether it is or it isn't, it right. is. Yeah, um, and that's the expectation. So when you think about diversifying your revenue, one of those opportunities is in a managed Wi-Fi program. The problem is managed Wi-Fi is one of those um, phrases that we throw around a lot and we use it so often that it doesn't really mean anything. It becomes ambiguous. And so as a result, uh, what what we're charging our customers to do is if you're going to have a managed Wi-Fi program, make it so that the end user really understands the value of that service. It can't be just this ethereal, again, ambiguous thing in the sky, we're just going to help you with anything and everything. You've got to kind of have uh, some guardrails around it. So they have real expectations of what that level of service is going to be if their iPad stops working. How far will you take that iPad troubleshooting? If I get a virus on my computer, will you remove the virus? Or are you just helping me connect those devices to the internet? You have to have a point of demarcation in that support. But yeah, the expectation from that end customer is my telco, my service provider is also my, my iPad, my laptop tech support, my ring doorbell, my you know, Wi-Fi camera, it could go on and on and on. The, the number of connected devices is going up exponentially every year. And a well-executed managed Wi-Fi program can not only uh, be an increased uh, revenue opportunity for that provider, but can really mitigate some customer service issues, right? 100%. Yeah, the, you know, the, the end goal is to try to minimize truck rolls, uh, which are obviously very expensive, uh, very time-consuming for the service provider. And so you don't want to run, run, roll a truck for an iPad issue. So the, the, your ability and your willingness to, to resolve those issues remotely is significant. Uh, and again, it's, ex, it's expected. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that makes a lot of these rural telcos special is, at the end of the day, they've spoiled their subscriber base. Uh, and and, and un, unashamedly so. And so when you think about that tech support process, they have to continue spoiling their subscriber base through that tech support process. So, you know, taking care of those managed devices or those Internet of Things devices is, is critical. What are... Uh what are one of the other issues that you're particularly excited about? So, uh, you know, relative to my uh, conversation today, my, my talk today, we also talked about business services and how much revenue is really left on the table in some of these footprints. Um, and, and what we see is happening, what really some of the data that came out of, of our roundtable discussions at IP Vision this year uh, was that while they're providing business services, there's really no clean lines between the business services and the residential services. So the businesses have the same internet packages available to them that the residential services, the residential customers have. They have the same level of support available to them uh, as the residential customers have. And my charge uh, in the room today was separate that. Uh, you really have to make your businesses feel like they're the prettiest girl at the dance. Uh, it's important. They have to feel special because they are. Uh, and there's significant revenue uh, that you're leaving on the table, leaving behind by not creating a specific business service for your small business customers. They depend on it. It's their livelihood. So they will pay a premium for premium service. Mm, great point. What, what are some other ways that uh, providers can add value to their customers? 
Well, you know, again, we've talked about managed Wi-Fi. We've talked about small business. Uh, even as they look at bundling, creative bundling, um, you know, there's a lot of things that these service providers can do for the end user. Um, the problem, the upside of bundling is the customers uh, want it. They expect it. You know, 70% of your average subscribers say it's important to have all of the services on one bill. Um, but often what we're finding is uh, some of these telcos try to get really creative uh, with the, the types of services they're offering, and they give them so many options that it's overwhelming to the end user. So again, you have to keep it simple. Uh, you have to provide those services and provide those options, but you've got to keep it simple. I often equate it to the Cheesecake Factory. If you've ever seen their menu, you know, there's 37, 38 pages of chicken fingers, right? And I just want chicken fingers. The same thing is true on our customers' websites. Often you go and you just scroll through and you see service after service, and it's just overwhelming. They just want a basic triple player. They just want a gig with, you know, video service or whatever the case is. So you've got to make that bundle uh, easy for the customer. If you're going to let them build the bundle, make that an easy process for them. Uh, and make sure they understand what those services are. So the bundle is important. So when you talk about diversifying services, you're not necessarily meaning let's offer them more and more and more services. Not necessarily. Right. Could be. Um, it depends on the services they're offering today. There are certainly other things they could do. Again, like separating the business services from the residential services. But oftentimes it's just a matter of putting clean lines around the services you're already offering them, making sure the customer can understand it, making sure they know how to read their bill when they get their bill every month, uh, and making sure their expectations are appropriate uh, and that, you, that you're managing those expectations. That The thing that defines the the uh, average service provider today is not the fact that they're offering a gig because most people are providing gig service today. What most people grade their service provider on is when the internet stops working, air quotes that you can't see, but quote unquote stops working, what is that support process like? Can I count on my service provider to resolve those issues when I call them? Or is it just a headache of repeating myself three, four, five times before they finally send the truck out to fix the issue? which is what the subscriber probably asked for right out of the gate. So they graded on that support. What, what's the back end of that? Do I dread that support process? That's what they go to Facebook about. That's what they go to Twitter about. That's what they, that's what they talk about. Um, so that's the thing that they need to focus on. It's not necessarily adding more services, but it's about polishing, putting a polish, uh, uh, refining the services they're currently offering. Uh, you mentioned uh, that there were there were four top options that you mm -hmm. wanted to discuss, and I think that we still have one to go. So. Yeah, so uh, network expansion uh, was another one, and that's just the idea that there is opportunity to expand your network. Lots of different ways to do that uh, through you know things like uh, edge an edge out um, network expansion, which it, it can mean a few different things, but typically it means uh, as opposed to just building fiber out, for example, in one broad area. Finding a, a, a key high-value target customer like a hospital in your footprint, providing fiber to that hospital, using that hospital as your anchor tenant, and then providing fiber out to the, you know, to the, the edge of that network, to the, the consumer who, while is valuable, isn't necessarily as profitable as that hospital is going to be. So network expansion also creates a lot of buzz in the marketplace. Your customers driving around, they see your trucks out, they see the guys climbing the poles or digging the trenches. That's progress. Uh, and people talk about that, and they want to know that, you, you're, that their local service provider is staying current with technology. So network expansion is is the fourth. So we've talked about managed Wi-Fi, talked about network expansion, we've talked about uh, business services, uh, and we've talked about bundling. So those are really the four areas, and of course I drilled down into each of those in more depth, but that's the four areas that we see that really kind of came out of those roundtable discussions back in Chicago a few months ago. And how does... Um uh, how does Neonova help 
a rural broadband provider um, tap into some of these services? Like, what do you bring to the table? So the thing we're probably known most for today is our end user help desk. Um, so, you know, when we provide end user uh, tech support service to our customers, we are always white labeled. Um, between our three call centers, we take somewhere around 110,000 support calls a month. Um, but nobody knows Neonova exists because we're answering the phone as someone else, right? We are, we are no longer just a vendor. We are really even more than a partner. We are our, our customer. We represent our customer. And in most cases, as your tech support desk, we're touching your customer more than, or their customer more than they are. So we're interacting with their end user, the one that's paying the bill more than they are. So the, what we bring to the table is making sure when they go to Facebook that they're talking about that support process in a positive way. They feel good about it. So we're representing the telco. We're resolving issues. Uh, we're creating buzz. If they have a managed Wi-Fi program, we're able to troubleshoot or help troubleshoot those those devices, the, the iPads and those sorts of things. And that frees the service provider up from having to worry about that. That's one less headache they have to focus on, and they can focus on network expansion and growing their business while we take care of the end user. Uh, and we provide actually well over 50 different products and services. Um, end user help desk is probably just the one we're most known for today, but we also provide a lot of back-end network services like network monitoring, um, things like network uh, analysis, uh, or even DDoS mitigation. And then we have a lot of marketing services to augment what our customers are doing. Um, the way that uh, our customers use, say, things like Facebook or their social media channels is so important to today's consumer. Um, if they have a Facebook presence, but they don't keep it updated, you're, you might as well not have a Facebook presence. So we even have marketing services to help augment that. So we provide fresh content to our customers' Facebook pages to stay relative, uh, relevant in, uh, to their customers. So we provide a lot of different services. I've just scratched the surface. Okay, great. Uh, Jason, I want to include your contact information in the show notes. Please do. Of the podcast. And how would someone uh, who's interested in this topic uh, get in touch with you or to, um, how, how would they get that white paper that you presented on today? Um, so I can provide a link. We can probably put that in the show notes too. Okay. Uh, and they can download it there or they can certainly just email me at, at jason.champion at neonova.net. Uh, and I'll put them in touch, but they can uh, follow the link that you post and, and they can download it as they like. Awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm sure they'll find value We'd in that. We'd love for them to have it. Uh, anything else that you covered today that uh, you, you'd like to speak about on the on the show today? No, other than to say that, uh, you know, rural broadband, rural service providers, specifically rural telco is where Neonova's roots have always been. That is our core customer. That's where we spend our time. Uh, I travel up and down the East Coast. I take care of Florida to Maine uh, for, uh, for Neonova, and I'll land in a big city and drive two hours to be where I need to be. And they're, they are absolutely my favorite kind of people uh, in the country because they legitimately care. When those folks say, how are you doing, they mean it. And as Neonova, when we become their help desk or we become their back office, their network support, that's the persona that we take on as well. So it's, it has to be a good cultural match, and that's what makes Neonova stand out is that culture to culture. Again, we are owned by a cooperative, so we are a co-op. We think the way that our customers think, so we provide services the way our customers expect us to. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you joining us you today. Bet. And uh, again, my guest today has been Jason Champion, a regional sales director with NeoNova. Uh, this is your host, Stephen Smith, on Story Connect, the podcast, coming to you live from the KTA to NBA Fall Conference 2019 from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Keep listening and keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company. 